0: everyone. So today's episode is really interesting because I had a, a conversation reconnecting with my first mentor that I ever had and it's actually the first podcast that I had ever recorded. So I remember when I asked if he would do a podcast episode with me, I thought he would tell me no because I had no podcast. So I was really excited. And I actually like prepared for a whole weekend for the call. And to give you a little bit of backstory, Um, I made notes and everything. And then basically, on the call, I realized within a minute or two that we weren't going to be talking about that because he's not that person anymore. He's transmuted into a more aligned, more um, realized version of himself. So that was pretty cool. But in this particular episode, we kind of dance around a lot of different conversations. At the time of recording, it was just after the incident with George Floyd. There were a lot of things with police brutality and a lot of divisive occurrences were happening within our landscape. And so we kind of explore that. And then in that, we kind of move into self-exploration or energy exploration of the self. And he gives examples by using me. And that was pretty cool as well because um, as you will hear, I am very sensitive to energy And so having this experience where I could separate my own energy versus external energy in such a way, um, by connecting with another person was a really, really cool experience. And all in all, the common denominator of the conversation is that everything is energy. And, um, we kind of moved through a bunch of topics within that, which, um, I'm recording this intro a little bit later. So to be honest, I don't really remember. So, um, But I promise it'll be fun and it'll be uh, very interesting takeaways for you to apply to your daily life. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I definitely, definitely uh, appreciate everyone who's been listening to this podcast. If you are um, new to this podcast, I just want to say thank you for listening. And of course, without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to Guy Ferdman.
1: I'm going to welcome everybody here. Um, and, uh, I just want to, can I give a little background on how we know each other? Is that okay? Yeah,
2: yeah, please do.
1: So do you feel like there's any, uh, taboo topics? Like, would you not cover any okay. specific events? Cool. Anything, anything is free game. Great. I might even say some things that feel ignorant and I would actually love your, I would love your feedback on them because we're in a really complex, multicultural, pivotal moment in history. It would feel like, and I think you'd probably have some insight on that and I'd love to hear I'd love to hear your voice on that also, if, if that's okay with you. Um, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, of course. All good. Amazing. Um, so, uh, when, when was masterclass for you three, four years ago?
2: Yeah. Um, I think three, probably like three and a half years ago. I was in Thailand.
1: (laughs) Yes, that's right. Okay. Perfect. Um, so for those of you guys that don't know me and you're listening to audio and you're like, who is this guy? Uh, number one, I'm wearing super cool glasses. (laughs) Um, number two, I have been in a, uh, my name is Guy Ferdman and I've been in uh, personal development, uh, education since 2003. So I'm going on my 18th year. I invested the first about, I don't know, 12 to 15 years, um, deep study on psychology, linguistics, communication models. And really, honestly, it was really simple. I was depressed for a really long time. Things were dark as they get for a lot of us, um, despair apathy resignation all the fun things and i wanted a, a way out and it was either death or like doing something about it and that's kind of where i was um i feel like i'm talking that, about that like kind of candidly like it's just death but that's really what i was dealing with and i i found a program called landmark education back then and it rocked my freaking little brain and scattered everything i thought i knew about what reality was and and that be- and that became my hook i was i fell in love with with us with with humanity um and got fascinated by us and i am by no means a uh, authority on things or a master of things but i continue to pursue mastery and and to become an authority on in the best way that i can um and what's interesting about this time right now um a few years back uh you were in our program and and that was probably the beginning of a of a really large shift that i didn't know was coming in terms of what i was going to focus on with my development and i had uh, i had just met my wife didn't know she was my wife was trying to push her away from me to be honest i when i met my wife it was like this i, I had a i was down in columbia i had done some ayahuasca and a, and a and in a vision and in a very visceral feeling i started feeling my wife in the middle of the jungle And and the voice said, you'll meet her soon, in fact, before your birthday. And reality was, I met my wife right after that. Had no idea that she was my wife. And when I met her, my first thought was, this isn't my wife. I'm wasting my time here. So I told her that. Not exactly in that kind of callous way, but I said, hey, um," I said, you're an amazing human being. You're going to make someone really happy one day, but that person's not me. I said, I'm waiting for my wife. That's basically what I told her. I could hear the angels laughing, you know, like in the background as her and I did this dance for a while. Um, But the reason I say that is because she had met me and she said, hey, I've been working with this guy named Andrew. I think you would get a kick out of working with him. And I didn't know much about Andrew. He looked a little strange to me, to be perfectly honest, when I first laid eyes on him. And I thought, this is the guy. Uh, but I went and did work with him. And in the same way that that event, when I was 19, changed my life, working with him one time, did the same thing, an hour and a half with him. I would, I couldn't believe it. I just couldn't believe his capacity. I couldn't believe what he could do. I couldn't believe what he knew about me, um, all sorts of stuff like that. And it, it, it was shocking. And so I've, I committed to working with him, uh, weekly for, for the last three and a half years. And, um, some of his, I'm going to put this in quotes, gifts, that he has are coming online for me now too. And it's a lot like X-Men training. Like we technically all have the mutant gene and it's just being uh, circumvented by the conditioning of the mind and how society is set up. And as we um, release certain conditions, these things are, are just there. They don't have to be, there's nothing special about having gifts I think what's special is making a commitment to pursue them, <laughs> and if you choose to have a practice, then that's that's the the promise. So it's like it's interesting because you were like right at the when we met you, it was like right at that point where it was like, hey, this is where we what we've gotten really good at, and then like suddenly this whole other thing happened and it started this brand new gateway. So um, the sabbatical that we've just taken was was a big part of consciously releasing energy that had built that company Mm. and was still doing those things with that energy. And when we noticed we were trying to expand or move, it was like, there was constantly this like block, this kind of like we all get caught in these energetic loops, these mental loops. It was like, no matter what we did, it kind of just got back to the same place. I'm like, Oh fuck, we're here again. And we're like, all right, well, what would happen if we, we started practicing, like not doing literally, just being, you know, and that's a really scary thing to not do because we do so much to survive or we think we're doing to survive, but it never really helps us. So we're like, cool. Like, what is it like to really not do? Like, not pretend like we're not doing, not, okay, but I'll take this phone call or I'll go on this social media still, or, and, you know, I'll still set up whatever call. And it's like, no, no, none of that. Not sitting here, business planning, like not doing any of that. Um, And the irony is, is within the first two weeks of taking sabbatical and doing nothing, we did more business in two weeks than we had done three months prior. Wow. How does that happen? Yeah. Yeah. What was that like?
2: sure. I mean, first thing that came up for me is like the idea of doing nothing. Um, I, I, that just seems like impossible. Um, what was that like for you go- going through that? Like, how did you catch yourself? How did you unstick from it?
1: Yeah. Good question. Um, let me answer that quickly with a question and then answer your question and in, in the way that I can. So I'm going to ask you guys a question. Anybody who's listening here. Um, and it was a question that was posed to me a few years back. And to be honest, I still don't have an answer. This is like kind of on par with like, what's the one, what's the sound of one hand clapping or um, if a tree falls in the forest and no one's there to hear it, doesn't it make a sound kind of question. It's not a koan, but it's, it, it's in that realm. And the question I was asked was, um, can you point to any action that you've ever taken in your life that was free of achievement? Like you didn't take that action to achieve something. And you can sit with it here, but I've been sitting with it for four years and I can't think of one example of anything I've ever done in my life, any action that wasn't to achieve something, even when I was young, it was to achieve approval or receive love or maybe it was based on like, you know, love is actually um, like an avenue for survival, like nurturing by its nature is a way for us to survive. So even that kind of has this like essence of you're doing the action to survive something or to to achieve something. So I was like, how can I think of anything I've ever done that was free then? I couldn't. So I'll leave you guys with that question and it doesn't need an answer. And I think it's important to acquire nonetheless, like the inquiry doesn't require an answer. It just requires inquiry. And now what I see is there's like, you know, we live, we, we seem to live in a binary universe, at least the one that we experience. And within that are these like two realms. And I think that one is unexplored and one is explored very much. Doing is explored by many. Receiving is explored by the few. And it turns out that when you're doing, 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 you're not receiving at all. You're receiving very little. And when you slow down doing and for any of you guys have a business um, for a while or clients or something like that, like this phenomenon of not doing work and then having a bunch of people come through in our business is not new to me. I used to systematically take vacations for the same reasons. Every three months, I'd go on vacation because every time I'd go on vacation, we'd make more money. So I was like, all right, then I'll just take more vacations. Um, and, and so I kind of had seen that phenomenon at work, but I wasn't really clear on what was working. Now I'm a little bit more clear and I will continue to probably get more clarity because I sit and inquire about it and experience into it to see what's going on. And the reality for me is that most action on the planet today is based around trying to create safety and survival. And people think by changing their environment, like making more money or finding the one that they're actually going to feel safer. And then they find out they make more money and they find the one and they don't feel any safer or that they take this job or they move or all these things that we do. Right. Like and you're in that inquiry right now, too. It's like, well, what feels good? Mm-hmm. And and it's a th- and here's the thing. When we can remove safety as the reason why we're doing what we're doing and then inquire into what is it that we actually how do we actually experience safety how do we actually experience well-being as a phenomenon of being your whole entire life can change very very rapidly because now your doing is free from achieving a little bit more or you know like you're still going to do that because that's just part of our mental construct and conditioning right now nonetheless you'll find that you can sit there kind of like where you're in and it's like the real question is well what feels good now hmm and then wait for something that feels good to come through and be guided by that to take action. So it's like action from alignment, not action for the just doing action because we think it's going to create safety. And I'll just say one more thing. I find that now the energy behind the action is more critical than the action. So for instance, if like most people are trying to take action to subside scarcity, so scarcity is the source of that action and that action will create more scarcity for you because whatever the source of the energy is behind the action will ultimately just create more of what sourced it. So if you don't get yourself to a place where you can sit in a more neutral state and almost like wait for providence, like wait for guidance to come through, and then from that alignment act, you'll find that you're generally creating more of that what you don't want in your life. Even if on the surface or initially it's like, "Oh great, this is saving me." Watch that watch that boomerang come back around and it's going to nail you with the same shit all, over and over again.
2: Right. And when you say like to sit and wait for that providence, is that like, what does that look like? Is it some sort of uh, like, could it be meditation or writing? Could it be just walking? Um, is there anything that you found really resonated with you or uh, cause, cause I feel like I, I feel like looking at myself that could easily become a trick into doing again. And, yeah. and so I, I want to ask like, what that would be for you?
1: Yeah, that's a, it's a beautiful question. Um, and, and I don't think there's a, right, a single right answer because even when it comes to awareness and consciousness, which we could talk quite a bit about here, the doorways at which people arrive at higher levels of awareness is a little bit different for everybody. Some people have really external systems and like putting their awareness localized out here will get them through this doorway and suddenly it's like they are in this vast void space. Some people, that would scare the living shit out of their system, and they actually need to go internal to find that same doorway. The irony is you end up in the same place. Mm-hmm. It's like a giant sign. If you go out far enough with your awareness, you'll end up in your body. If you go deep enough into your body, you'll end up outside. It's just how, how it goes. So <clears throat> for me, uh, meditation, without a doubt, like some kind of quieting practice However, Western minded people, for the most part, have turned meditation and it's fine because we got to start somewhere for the love of God. We got to start somewhere um, with like, oh, it's good for your uh, immune system, which it is. It's good for relaxing your mind, which it is. Uh, it's good for uh, downregulating this and that. Right. And all these kind of things, which it is. And it is the ultimate it is literally, as far as I'm concerned, the ultimate healing tool that we have. You want to heal your body? Meditate. When you heal your mind, meditate. And I'll say and I'll say kind of simply like this. There is a divine intelligence that works with our bodies. You want if you want to call that God, feel free. I I, I hesitate to use that word because it comes with a lot of different connotation for a lot of different people. I, I believe in God in my own way, higher power, sure. Um, so again, I'm not using that terminology because I don't want you to get stuck in some religious viewpoint or dogmatic viewpoint about what that is. Um when it's like, it's not so much about meditating, it's how you're looking at yourself when you're meditating. Where are you viewing it from? So like I said, there is a divine intelligence that works with your body all the time. This is the same intelligence that when a woman gets pregnant, takes care of that nine month process without any biofeedback from the brain, you don't need to sit there and go, okay, now it's week number two, time to grow. And then it's week number six, all right, the foot, the right foot comes out this week, you know, like, you don't need to do that. No more than you need to do that when you get a cut on your finger or you break a bone. Notice that there is some kind of intelligence that's bringing the body back to neutrality all the time. And its only intent is to bring things back to neutrality. So we could say that all dis ease, you know, dis ease, as I'm sure many of you guys have heard this before, like a lack of ease or stress or whatever, is not what the mind is doing, is a certain conditioning that's being overlaid on the mind like a program that's taking it out of a neutral state right so mm-hmm. if we can if we start using meditation and, and where, again like i said where you view from really matters there's a like an active viewing where it's like the judger and then there's like a, a passive objective viewer that actually most people describe as like sitting back here somewhere
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's non-localized and the, like well, most people are like where are you they're like well i'm back here somewhere behind my eyes it's like well are you because you can unhook that and unlocalize your awareness really quick and be a jupiter and it's like whoop, there you are jupiter with your intention so it's like, is there, are you really here? Or is that where the awareness is currently localized? So if you unlocalize awareness, you get to this kind of objective view. You can start looking at, at sensation in the body versus trying to manipulate emotion in the body. Big difference right there. And what you'll find is as you look at sensation, you will find parts in your system that are like little boys and girls that have been like wanting attention in an attuned way. Cause some of us did have good parents that were there. Like my parents were physically there unattuned. And anybody who, you know, some of this vernacular, you know what it feels like when you're a little boy or a little girl and you say hi to mom and dad and the attunement is just not fucking there. It is like crisis in your body at that point in time. And that becomes a, like, let's call it a trauma that becomes some kind of program because you didn't feel safe when that was happening. So there's a certain attunement you can watch. And when you watch with this attunement, the um, energy, so to speak, metabolizes through the body. And there's a natural reorganization that happens towards neutrality. Mm -hmm. It just kind of like brings you back to self, like an authentic self and a healing occurs. Not because you're like, okay, now um, I'm doing my personal development work and what I really need, you know, like that kind of intention. This is like, no, this is divine guidance. It knows better than you because it has more access to all this multidimensionality than your little brain does or my little brain does. And the mind will want to direct this, but the mind doesn't actually know what needs to be healed and in what order divine intelligence does just like it knows how to heal that cut or mend that bone. We don't have to tell it what to do. It just knows. So it's more of a sit back and a relaxing into than actively participating in it. And again, just to kind of say like the sabbatical was an opportunity to invest more time in that space Mm to actually grow the awareness that allows for that energy to work. And what we find is that all it does is want to support all the time and every moment constantly.
2: You just blew my mind. Actually. Um, one thing that I literally am like, uh, um, so one of the things that you said that I found really interesting and it made me think of uh, like just in the, in the concept of energy, I feel like because we're constantly in this mind space and we're perpetuating that little kid, um, I guess like to kind of jump over to the point I'm trying to make is I remember, and I still experience this, like if a door slams, I jump, but I, but I know I'm not in danger. And so that is, is kind of like, uh, almost like an access point for me to understand, um, I don't want to say like a trauma, but just to understand that there's stuff in me that I'm, I'm holding on to. Maybe you can help me clarify that a little
1: mm-hmm. bit. Perfect. Cool. Uh, would it be too creepy if I track you then when that's going on?
2: Yeah. What is it? Um, track me.
1: Yes, please. Track you. Cool. So um, I don't want to... Yeah, because it's because we're in an interview, like usually we would I would start giving you a little bit of pointers, right? So in the past, like think about m- even masterclass there's a level of engagement with the mind where it's like, we're freeing your mind from certain preconceptions that it's holding about the way that reality unfolds. Right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, Oh, you think this is so real? Well, let me show you a pathway where it's like, it's like, it's, it's air, you know, like you've, it feels solid, but it's really air. So we're like dismantling that with this, we call this like glimpse practices. All you ever get is a glimpse and the glimpses are really important because I mean, for instance, like we have written, I don't know, millions of songs about love. However, for anybody who's ever truly been in love and had that experience, put words on it, what that experience is like. It's, it's impossible. It's so beyond. Feelings and sensations are so complex, um, so big or so Confusing sometimes, you know, like think about the things people do when they're in love and like they things that would look like psychosis under any different situation. Right. Yet they do them. So what we're talking about here, here's the reality. It doesn't really have it doesn't have names, although we have a lot of names for it, but none of them actually do the job because your mind doesn't need to understand what's happening. I, I often have to remind clients today that you don't need to understand while they're in a process. Right. So for instance, you talk about a door slamming. And see. If, so see if you can try this on and you don't need, here's the thing, you don't need an instruction manual for what I'm about to tell you. Because if you try to mind it, you're going to try to do something. And if you just let yourself do it, like intention's going to do it, you'll just do it. So a really quick practice, because everyone's listening here and I don't want to lose you. For those that listen, they're like, what the fuck are they talking about? If you so if you're tr- going along and I'm, and I'm going to have you do this, but for anybody who's listening, if you want to do this, too, please try. If you just take out like your right hand or your left hand, and you just put it up in the air. And I, well, here's what I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you to put your um, awareness inside of your right hand, not look at it. Just put your awareness inside your right hand. It's going to let that happen for a few seconds. So as you place your awareness on your right hand, first, I want you to notice that I didn't have to instruct you how to do that. You just knew how. Right. Not foreign. And then second, why don't you, what do you notice now about your right hand that maybe a moment ago before I asked you to do that, do that, you didn't, un, you didn't notice.
2: Um, It's bigger and it's heavier.
1: Great. Beautiful. And everyone might answer that question differently. So I'll, I'll simplify and generalize, which is you're feeling more sensation now. Right. You just didn't notice that like before, until I say you have a head, you don't notice. And most of the times until we have like a headache or some kind of pain point, we don't even notice that that body part is there because in reality, this is just space. What we think is physical is really just space, but it's space that has energy in it. Mm-hmm. And our awareness is what's directing energy. So what you're do- so when you put your hand and you put your awareness on here, what's actually happening is we, we in personal development, people know this, where your attention goes, energy flows. That's another way of saying it. where your awareness is, is where the chi flow is. When chi mm. flows through awareness, blood follows, which is how we can make healing more rapid. Because if we hold awareness on an area, we send more blood there, more blood, more nutrition, more nutrition, faster healing. All this stuff is real, right? So imagine somebody who can like really harness awareness, like how fast they would heal. And we've heard this throughout the ages: meditative people can heal their bodies much faster. So this is real. And this is again not this is not science fiction stuff. I'm sharing with you guys. This is science fact. So. There's your awareness in your hand. So now watch. Um, yeah, you, could, you can actually put your head down. It's okay. Yeah. But like, yes, <laughs> I know, it's like Simon says. Um, so now watch. So I'm gonna direct you to a plate. So first of all, just go down to your stomach with the same awareness. And if you need to, you can close your eyes if you feel like that, that helps you. But if you could keep your eyes open, Absolutely. great. Perfect. Now here's what I want you to notice about your stomach. Your stomach is not two dimensional. It's three dimensional. Has an inside and an outside, a front, a back, left and a right. Okay. So you mentioned slamming doors. Now, whether we talk about something, whether we think about something, or whether it's just in our space, our body is constantly responding to us and our environment. Can we agree on that? Yes, for sure. Right. So if you had a a boyfriend or girlfriend who uh, drove a blue truck and they broke your heart, every time you see a blue truck, you're going to experience some level of heartache. Just what's going to happen. Not because you thought about it, but because there's some kind of conditioning in the body that now doesn't feel safe. And for safety to come back, there is a mental condition, like a mental program that runs that's attempting to create safety again. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's how most people are operating through life. What we're offering is that that mental conditioning is no longer needed, was never needed, to be honest. And the only thing that was ever required was to put awareness on where sensation is for a period of time and i'll also let you know this guys you can do this practice by yourself we have a meditation so we can give you so you can practice this nonetheless having a person there with you who can track along with you and give you a clear mirror uh, not only greatly accelerates healing because that's we are uh, by nature um social beings that need other people and that through clear reflection, just like coaching or mentoring or anything else, uh, allow for parts of us that don't feel safe to come forward and get healing. Because it's like we need enough safety with another person to let that happen. So there's a way that we, quote unquote, triangulate that to allow for for more healing to occur. But, you know, for, for the simplicity of this example. So when you talk about the door and this is where I said I'm going to track you, if you bring your awareness to the front of your stomach. It's gonna feel, um, I'll call it like a collapse, but it's like a pinching or a pushing, like a pressure on it right now, and it actually feels like it's getting more difficult for you to breathe. There's like not enough, room, there's not enough room back there, and even as I mentioned that, the back of your throat is starting to close a little bit.
2: Yeah.
1: Yes. Is that true? Yes. Okay. So that, like- that's what I- freaky. <laughs> yeah. So when, so when I'm saying I'm tracking your system, so here's all I'm doing. Okay. And so it's, this is not creepy at all guys. And this is, I'm not doing anything special, but here's what I've developed though, because I've done so much of what I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like, and this, I'm, I'm talking about the, the basic foundation of what, of what's possible here. As I've tracked my body over the years, this was not, and again, if I tried to achieve this, it would never have happened. It just happens sporadically and on its own as the best things in life do. What I've been able to do Again, using that word in quotes, do because I didn't do anything to get this. Um, is over time your awareness starts to learn what's yours and what's not. And many of us that are empaths have this problem, or we think we have this problem, where we feel too much. It's like we're we're processing for the collective. It feels like, or we're processing for our friends. Like your friends and uh, having a bad day, and you're fucking having right a bad day lot right along with them because you get merged into their system. You don't know how to separate what's yours and what's theirs. So you literally start processing their energy, thinking that you're helping them. You're not, by the way. All you're doing is just merging and actually um, enabling that energy to cycle through their body and out through yours. However, when you have gained enough awareness, it's what we call me, not me. Oh, that's mine. That's not mine. So when I place my awareness on you, which is not challenging, it's literally like I'm having a conversation with you. I'm looking at you. My awareness is on you. My body starts responding to your body. And I'm starting to have changes in my system. Now, when I know what's mine, I know what's not mine. Wow. So if the stomach starts collapsing, I know that's your collapse. If the throat starts closing, I know that's your throat closing. And if we sat here long enough together in awareness, that energy would move. That collapse would stop. And I, I, I can't promise you in a single session, but doors would stop being scary, not because you thought about it or willed it into being. The the energy would move out of the body so there would no longer be a collapse when doors closed and then the mind right which is watching because it's just concerned with safety it's like if there's no sensation then the mind has nothing to respond to wow so as we as we move the sensation out of the body not me not we not me like literally divine intelligence moves the energy out of the body the program that used to run is no longer necessary to run because the energy it's been protecting you from is no longer there So Mm -hmm. you'll watch as you're like with parents or with friends or situations that normally get you like get you hooked and you'll know that you're supposed to be hooked right now and nothing is happening. And then the mind's like, are you sure we're not going to run program? You're like, yeah, no, no worries. And you're just like naturally no longer responding to things that you might've gotten like big triggers from before.
2: Right. Wow. That's, Mm -hmm. that's reminded me of this book I'm reading actually. Um, It's about a woman who she um, sees her past lives and she's becoming an initiative uh, to become a, I guess like initiated and she's a, the daughter of a Pharaoh. And this is one of the things before she can even become initiated is she needs to have that distinction. She needs to understand energy. So it's really cool that you're talking about this stuff right now. Um, I guess my question would be maybe for people that this is the first time that they've ever heard about this. Um, because there's so much going on in the external world right now, um, and it almost feels uh, like, to me, I perceive it as a bit like static, a fear, like there's like this fog of static and seemingly um, chaotic um, perception, at least for me. And so I have to really kind of take the time to kind of, I don't want to say like engage and disengage, but I I have times where I struggle with um, the separation and then knowing how to navigate through this. And I think that this is something I know a lot of my friends have shared this with me. So maybe you could help guide them on that.
1: Um, can you just rearticulate what's the, what's the question behind it? So I'm clear.
2: So like, if this is my first time ever hearing about, um, understanding my energetic body, um, and how am I able to distinguish between the energies I'm, I'm, experiencing, i experiencing on the external versus what I'm actually feeling on the internal aspect.
1: Got it. Okay. So if I, if I answered that, you're all going to go into doing something because you're going to be like, Oh, well, God gave us these three steps. Let me do these three steps. And, 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 and it might not work for you. Like it, it, it and that will be even more frustrating. And then you'll think this energy thing is bullshit. I, I also want to retort here that like me speaking about energy in the way that I am is new for everybody. I'm in a fortunate position, whether you believe in past lives or not, or whatever the hell is going on for me in my life or what I've served in the past, that I'm being guided and brought to people who are illuminating this level of awareness to me, that I could tell you probably less than 1% of the human population, if that, that's probably being very generous, is currently experiencing or being enabled. That doesn't mean that everyone doesn't have the capacity for it. Everyone does. And um, if you're like really interested in this stuff, um, Ken Wilber is a great resource for this. And when he passes away, he's, he's, fairly, he's reasonably old at this point in time. It'll be a sad day on our planet. Uh, but he talks about um, uh, the spiral dynamics quite a bit. And a lot of what we see, like the justice warrior kind of mentality, this online thing that's happened is part of actually a higher level of consciousness. It's just operating out of the distortion of that level of consciousness. So every level of consciousness, even enlightenment, has distortion. You see enlightened people doing crazy, stupid shit that you would never imagine them doing right out of integrity. And part of that is there's two, two growth paths to enlightenment. One is the growing up work and one is the waking up work. Everyone in personal development is just focused on growing up work. They're doing nothing with waking up work. And then you have like the Eastern people philosophies, uh, which are really focused on awakening without doing the growing up work, which is then why you have enlightened people doing out of integrity things because integrity happens in the growing up work, right? So it's these two different schools. And right now when you start bridging that, we get to a place that's called integral. So the language I'm actually using here to some extent is integral language. And if you've never experienced integral, you might not even know some of these, let's call it luminosity words, right? When you illuminate luminosity words, and it might not be like, oh, what are these words? And you might even hear, hear these words, but they mean something different when you start having direct experiences with luminosity practices. So a lot of people are in what we call a green meme and distortion, get a lot of this justice warrior type of stuff that's happening right now. And But that's a really good indicator because just about 50, 60 years ago, we were about three levels down in the red meme, very Donald Trump power meme. And there's a fuse in between that. So what that goes to show you is up until about 1950s, the world was stuck in this red meme shit, power struggle, gaining more power, the very ultra masculine, which is really the distorted masculine on the planet, just like frying the planet, war, death, right? Like all that kind of stuff. Then we have like lsd <laughs> you know and like the, the sudden awakening of the western mind and then like the 60s movement like stepford wives to like women without bras on you know like just burning shit and like free ah, and then like all the things that have happened since that so now i want you to think how amazing this is because this is evolution happening and right in front of our eyes and we're like missing it like it's we think things are so bad but it's like no this is the this is the collective purging that we're experiencing that is so necessary for the collective body So like in that time, you think about what it took us to get there, thousands of fucking years, to jump to a few of these memes. And then suddenly in 50 years, every 16 and 17-year-old on planet Earth is setting a green meme, which is like three, four levels ahead of where the red meme was, that we were just at 50 years ago. Just jump, 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 these really quick jumps in consciousness. And we're like, oh, that's so normal. And it's like, that was nowhere near normal 50 years ago. So we are seeing this rapid scaling evolution. Secondly, I want to say that, Integral, we're not waiting for like a jump to 10% or 50% of the population for this shift to happen. Statistically, we see when 10% of the population adopts a level of awareness and consciousness, it becomes full adoption like almost overnight. It's like rapid, rapid, rapid ascension and adoption. And again, we're seeing stuff like that. We're seeing signs of this. So it doesn't take much. So let's rewind to your question about what do you do? Hard question to answer because as you know, and as I'm sure this is true for you, there's a you have a willingness to break apart stories and views of reality that you might have. Yes. For a lot of people, that's scary, and they don't want to do that. And there's that line in the matrix, he's like, not every mind is ready to be unplugged. Some minds are so dependent on the system, they will actually fight for it. We see that too. Do we not? Yeah. So there is an essence of like, honestly, and this is going to sound morbid, but it's not. And it's probably the reason that we have timelines on our lives. People, people die so that evolution can happen. So that states of consciousness can alleviate themselves from this planet. So that greed can die. So that power can die. So that, so that there is a new crop of awareness that arises that allows for these shifts to occur. It's always been the case on our planet. Right. Um, So what do you do? Start meditating. Start getting start getting into quiet practices, and and I'm and I'm I am offering that the meditation we do is different. It's active. It's not just oh let me quiet my mind. It's it's a it's a way of pointing at awareness in such a way that shows you how you can start leveraging it, not like an action, but leveraging it to view yourself in a way that allows for these things to naturally arise within your system. It's no effort on your part. As you do that, the question that you ask me will will naturally the answer will naturally arise in your system.
2: I see. You can't
1: sit someone down and just be like, hey, this is their energy, this is your energy. They'll have no idea what I'm talking about.
2: Right. Do you yeah. think um, eating or fasting, uh, sorry, eating in a particular way and maybe fasting and hydrating as you are now um, helps in um, the attunement of that meditation or that practice?
1: Uh, I'm only going to say yes because I've sat in 10-day meditations where you eat very, very limited amount of food. And I mean, without a doubt, right, like the the most intensive operation that our body does is digestion in terms of uh, energy output. Your mind can't remember a lot of things because it's designed around efficiency. This is the hungriest caloric organ that we have. Mind is very, very hungry for energy. And but it's also constantly the process of conserving it. So when people are like, oh, I don't know why I can't remember that. It's like, well, your mind's just trying to conserve energy. Um, when we eat, right, we get a lot of blood flow here, not a lot of blood flow here. That's why people get that 2 PM tiredness thing. But like, I mean, to answer your question, you put garbage in, you get garbage out, you put garbage thoughts in, you get garbage actions, you put garbage food, you get garbage energy. Um, so I will say yes, in terms of fasting allows for the body to uh, undertake a natural detoxing process. Again, always moving towards neutrality. Um, I, I fast every morning. I even mentioned to my wife this morning, like how much more I feel when, before food is in my system, the moment food goes in, there's a, there's a noticeable decrease in excess.
2: It's interesting that you said that you feel your body more because I notice I feel better in the morning when I'm fasted, but I never really articulated it as that. I just was like, I'm in a fasted state. You know, I didn't really, didn't really make that connection. Um, mm-hmm. I I do have a a question, a little bit of a spinoff from that, but, um, have you read much into like, um, sexual energy exchange and things of that nature? And are these conversations that you feel, um, I guess like what I'm asking is like how we're interacting with people, whether that be sexually or in the people that we are around, um, how much of that is at play in terms of Energy and the body, and activating and you know, toxifying or what or whatever you want to call it.
1: Sure. Um, Again, I would say yes from from the way that the question is positioned. I am not an authority on how sexual energy moves through the body or kundalini or any of those things. I'm I'm sure that I probably know more than I feel like I know because of just being in the energy sphere. I don't know the vernacular that's used when people study that directly, like Kama Sutra and stuff like that. Um, so let me answer it in the way that I can from the frames that I know. There, uh, There's a science now, and this is a great book for anybody who's interested in this, it's called Attached. And it's the new science of adult attachment systems. Okay, it's, it's a reasonably new science, uh, but I could break it down in, in, in a few words for everybody here, is we all have attachment styles. And the attachment styles basically break down into three different systems. You have an anxious system. You have an avoidant system. Then you have a secure system. Okay. So uh, in terms of like, I'll say masculine and feminine relationships, but I don't necessarily mean men and women. I literally just mean the masculine energy and feminine energy. And all of us have both. And most of us are highly dysregulated with one or the other or both. <laughs> You know, ultra masculine men have a lot of masculine energy, no feminine energy. That doesn't make for a healthy human, no balance, no neutrality. Uh, I actually find I'm a very masculine man. And as I have softened into my femininity, my life has gotten exponentially better. Exponentially better. I mean, like in every imaginable way. Uh, So I'm very proud of that. And I continue to be proud of that. So with the attachment styles is like, so you're going to respond to getting attached to people or things in a certain way. If like you're in a relationship and you're the needy type, you're an anxious system. If you are the person that as um, intimacy goes up, you check out, you're an avoidant type. If you're the type that can just hold ground in the relationship, it's like bombs are going off and you're like, that's all right, sweetheart, you're probably a secure system, right? So here's the challenge that we have is avoidance don't really date each other for a long period of time. Because how can two people who are built around avoidance as intimacy increases, they both check out no relationship. Right. So it doesn't stay for very long. So what you basically have is a very large pool of avoidant people and anxious people that keep ending up together, which means the anxious person is going to look like, Hey babe, come closer to me. Oh, I just want to love you. And the avoidance is like, get the fuck away from me. You know, like they're, and, and so one will be like, Oh, you're so needy. The other one's like, Oh my God, he's never present. Like that kind of thing and again if masculine or feminine it doesn't matter like it i'm an anxious type and so again the dating pool or the sexual energy really gets kiboshed by all this because you have these two people who are not secure constantly meeting each other activating each other's attachment styles over and over and over again in very unhealthy ways and then you try to have relations this way and it's like nearly impossible so the cure-all if there is such a thing is understanding what a secure system looks like and only dating a secure person. <laughs> and, and, and the reality is, is what an anxious meets a secure person. They will become a secure person. It, it will re template their body. So it's like, you can look from how your parents treated you. Right. And if you were the, like, I got to keep achieving and bringing home good grades and to get my parents approval, you're probably an anxious type. If you were like the rebel, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to do whatever I want. Freedom, travel the world. Fuck you, mom and dad avoid it. Same problem. Just treat it in two, like, kind of like the polar opposite ways. The thing is at core, you both want the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. You want safety, well-being, connection, and love, and you don't know how to get it. So uh, I can answer from that model, because that's the model that I know.
2: Yeah, I think I, I resonate with that. And that makes a lot of sense. Um, I, For me, when I heard that, I feel like you can move from one to another um, is the goal to, like, become a secure body or to be without attachment in completion.
1: What if there was no goal?
2: <laughs> I guess that's true. Yeah. See, that's the thing I'm yeah. always doing.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Look, everybody here, here, what if we started with this instead, instead of moving away from what you were, what if I permissioned you to be already what you are? Like, so if you're anxious and that uh, you sat with me, I would encourage your anxiety. Where in psychology, they would try to tell you, t- try to talk you out of why you need to stop being anxious. Here's the reality, you're having a sensation in your body that you're familiar with. And that sensation is trying to create safety in your system. So if I start telling your system, stop doing that, your system feels less safe and then increases more anxiety. Yeah. However, if I sit with you and we create a container where three things are present, you feel supported, You notice that where you're sitting right now, there's no threat, which, by the way, most people don't recognize because when they're in their head and in their lives, they feel like the threat is real now. If you don't start with looking around and feeling in and be like, oh, in this moment, I'm actually safe. There's actually no threat to me. System won't, won't relax. And then we're stuck in the sympathetic nervous system instead of being in the parasympathetic nervous system. And the parasympathetic is what we call rest and digest. So you're not digesting food well, energy is not moving, you're not getting rest, so you're not getting nourishment. You are way behind by just trying to make it, alleviate it and go away. And this is where most sciences and psychologies are. It's like, let's alleviate it, let's make it go away. All it does is it just reinvigorates it. You're looping in the energy. And then the last part is, is like actually having real human connection while that's happening. Because if you think about any moment of trauma that you've had in your life, those are the three things that were missing. You didn't feel supported, you didn't feel safe, and you felt all alone. So to get real, authentic, and and that is the container, those three things, again, it's energetic. When you bring them into a container with another human being, you're not doing the healing, but the healing happens because the system gets a new template. It's like the information that it missed while that was happening. And now it's getting that information. So the system's like, oh, there is somebody here. Oh, I am safe. Oh, I do feel supported. And it's like, okay, cool. The energy can move. And the system just reorganizes around well-being. And, and again, we don't have to do anything for that to happen. We just have to get these are kind of like basic, um, very basic processes on how to use awareness, which is what we have zero education on right now.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. I feel like since I've last seen you, you've like transformed like 100x. Like it's incredible. It's really, really cool. And you also look like younger, which is weird because you're already not that you look young, but like, you just, you look like you're, there's nothing being held on your face. Um,
1: Thanks, love. Yeah. I, I used to have a kind of like a, a, a be a little vulgar here. Like uh, people used to call it a vagina on my forehead because it was like such a, such a deep indent. Yeah. And honestly, the, This is a a symbol of the type of energy and how it was moving in my body that always had. And I still have a very intense look, but it was like this kind of like furrowed brow. You see um, like Hugh Jackman has this in all the movies. And we think it's like, oh, this is so manly. They're so manly, you know, like, oh, look at them go. But it's it's part of the the way the energy is being held in the body that's bounding the body, even making it muscular, by the way. Mm -hmm. Like a body like I have is a is a sign of what we call a character style. And it's the way that I pull energy up into my body over my entire life. But look, what is this kind of body with the V-shape protecting? Where, where's the most distance from the heart? You know you know what's behind every bully or every strong man or every powerful man is sadness. It was an original heartbreak. So then the energy starts bounding around putting space between people and the heart. And then the psychology is, well, if I scare you first, then I won't be scared. Right. You're not threatening to me. But the reality is what's on the inside is all the fear and the sadness from that original heartbreak. If you don't start working that original sadness, then you're just like, oh, I got an anger problem. You go to an anger management specialist, management specialist, meaning they're going to help your mind get more active in managing your anger. But the anger doesn't go away. You just have a stronger manager. And now you feel like you have less energy. Yeah. What I'm talking about here, there's, there's no management. There's no willpower. We don't do any of that stuff. We legitimately retune the body and energy starts moving differently. I don't remember if this was when you were still in the program, but I was like 174 pounds a few years back. I started doing this work. I lost like 20 pounds in like a month and a half, something like that. Didn't change a single thing.
2: Right.
1: And the same thing for a lot of heavy set people. Uh, I know this again, uh, I'm going to use this example because it's, it's an extreme example, but an important one. Like when women uh, are abused sexually rape, something like that, a lot of women will start gaining weight very rapidly because it's the body's protection mechanism. It's like, oh, if I become less attractive, I put more distance between me and people, that's less likely to happen. It gets programmed in, the energy starts moving a certain way. Now you try to go on a diet and the body's like, uh-uh, because the body's designed around safety. Right. And weight loss becomes a matter of you, of you going to a place that's uncomfortable around safety. So it's like threat levels rise. And, and then what do you do? You're like, oh shit, you start eating because you want to soothe yourself. Weight goes back up or starts going up more than it was even before. And this is how people weight gain. You, I don't meet a lot of obese people that are joyous in nature. Mm. It's usually like depression and sadness and they're on 15 pills at the same time, like trying to like numb everything out because of how much pain they're in. It's a symptom of what's happening in their systems. We had a client who has been historically overweight his entire life, you know, uh, this guy, Michael, and within a few months, he lost like 60 pounds. Didn't do anything different. Just, just safety got into the system. The body can release the weight.
2: I remember when I was in the program, you guys were talking about, um, just like being, and I remember you guys, um, when you guys were talking about that, you didn't, you guys didn't really work out that much. You guys just worked out like maybe like 30 minutes or something a day. And, but you guys were both like big, Ripped guys. And I remember, um, I think your brother actually was bringing up to like the energetic or maybe it was you. One of the two, um, was saying when you're just being your, your body opens up and your presence is different. And I think when you look at people, you might be able to see their energetics. Is that something that you are able to do just by looking at their body? Can you perceive blockages?
1: Yeah. uh, I mean, now it's deeper than that. Even a few years back, based again on some certain models that have been around for quite some time. If I walk into any room just based on people's body shape uh, with about, I would say, 80, 90 percent accuracy, I could tell you um, their psychology. Because, again, the body shape points at the way the energy is moving in the body and the way that the mind is actually holding the body. So you get really, um, for example, like you get really frail bodied people very thin, they have a very tough time gaining weight, the exact opposite, right? I'm sure you've had friends like this. They they fucking eat anything and they're still look like a rail. They're not happy though. They can't put any muscle mass on. Um where their energy goes. So again, we're talking about anything that creates anxiety, stress, and overwhelm in your body, there is a program that's running to try to attempt to create safety while that's happening. And then people's awareness goes to different locations. So for people in that state, their trauma was really early on in their development. It's probably like while they were still breastfeeding. So pre-cognitive, pre-verbal, they won't even remember that we're, they were traumatized, but something traumatized. On them. And maybe the thought was, or maybe the feeling was, I'm not getting enough nourishment. Like, like, And maybe that's just because mom wasn't producing enough breast milk. Like, it could be as simple as that. So they're like, oh, cool. It's Then the body goes, well, it's not safe to be here. So the awareness doesn't like to stay in the body. Where does the awareness like to go? Up and out. These people oftentimes have a very good relationship with God. And they will tell you that, You know, Bible thumping is the only way to salvation and stuff like that. Maybe that's true. I don't know because I don't know enough about all that. However, I would tell you that that's more a symptom of their psychology than of religion or spirituality or anything else. And what they don't have is they don't have safety in the body. They're like a squirrel up in a tree who's constantly looking down going, I want to go get that nut down there. But they're dogs. There's people and it's going to be really scary. And they try once in a while. And then it's like when they pop back up and they actually feel fragmented. So because of that, the body is like, it's like an unclaimed body. It's like the soul hasn't fully even claimed the body. It's not safe to be here. And they're always wanting to get out. They're always wanting to be with angels, like this kind of stuff. And again, that's just that. So if you can train them to come back in their body, create safety, suddenly the body starts getting mass. You'll see their spiritual uh, relationship change doesn't I mean, it's bad the way it was. It's just like, oh, they'll find more safety here. They won't be looking for ways to get out all the time. Their relationships will get better. Relationship to food will get better. They often have digestion problems because of this. Like so many things that we're trying to fix with pills and management, like all this stuff is just Band-Aids on top of Band-Aids that don't really help at the end of the day. And this stuff really helps. So, again, that goes for my body shape, too, like ripped dudes or, you know, people with V-cuts they're just in the shit just like everyone else we've just substantiated that a body that looks like that is better than a body that looks like this but the reality is it's the same it's the same we're all fucked with the same shit basically (laughs) and in in different ways i was just like my trauma happened at a certain time and my body was built like this to protect me from that trauma
2: yeah that's this is really interesting um okay um I like, I have, I have so many questions. Have you by any chance read Initiation by Elizabeth Heisch? Um, No. I'm going to send you that book. I think you're going to really find it quite interesting. She's hitting on, she hits on a lot of stuff that you speak about. Um, Is
1: she a channel? What is her background?
2: Yeah. She kind of is like a channeler. Um, she, She gets, I guess, is a channeler someone who also sees like past lives as well?
1: Um, yeah, I would say it's probably could be within that realm or, um, there's a different word for them, but yeah, I mean, channeling is, is pretty broad cause there's lots of different kinds of channelers.
2: Right. Do you yeah. feel now that you've kind of transitioned in your practice and, um, like your, your body and your connection to the higher source has changed? Like, are you able to download different? Are you, um, perceiving reality different? Like, how are you perceiving the modern world right now? What does that look like for you? <laughs> I always That's give you like softball size
1: questions. <laughs> they're, they're, they're great, I love it. I, I, uh, I also want to tell you have a really good radio voice. I think you picked a good medium for you. Um, Thanks. Yeah. Um, so yes, on all fronts, in, in, in the simple terms, I am rebuilding a relationship with source that again was conditioned in a certain way that never was in alignment with me. Um, I'm, I'm born in Israel, Jewish by religion. I was Israel surprisingly most people would probably be surprised is a very secular country. So like 85% secular with about 15% very orthodox. I didn't, you know, I had on high holy holidays I was a temple I didn't understand what the fuck they were doing there. It was a bunch of dudes going like this. Once in a while, they would say page number, and the rest of the time, I understand Hebrew, and it was like hamana, yay, hamanahmanahmanah, page eighty-nine, hamana, page ninety-four, and I'm like, I don't know why we're here. This is cool. <laughs> um, and then I had an event in my life where a best friend's father died at thirteen, and I remember like hard cut, like fuck you, God, don't understand, right? Got real righteous about that, and then refused to use that word till a few years ago. Or like refuse to use that word. It like would bring shivers into my body to to name it because I, I was worried that you would put me into a basket with what I perceived were a bunch of misled people. Mm. Um, today that's that's shifted a bit. Now I have a lot a lot more empathy uh, for what everyone is in because what I see is. What I see now, and this is to, to kind of answer your question about how I perceive reality, is a bunch of children who are trying to find safety in different ways. So I know we're dealing with some really, really hard stuff on the planet, and I'm going to take extraordinarily complex issues, and I'm going to oversimplify them because we are dealing with very complex issues. Because humans are complex machines. That's how evolution works. It just gets more and more complex, right? Look, look at us. We're creating more and more complex machines all the time. Just that's how evolution works. So, and again, I. If this rubs you the wrong way, know that I'm saying this with great empathy for wherever you may be in your life and however it is that you may be perceiving what's happening. I can only speak for me. The people who are out in the streets protesting, they get to be out there because what they're trying to do is yell that we don't feel safe. And this is their way of trying to create safety. The people who are sitting at home and they don't know what to say are also scared. And that's, They're waiting because they're also trying to create safety and it's safer to be home than to say something and then be taken down by the internet mob, which may feel really fucking scary for that person. The police officers who are doing what they're doing, even if it's violent, based on their conditioning, that's how they were brought up to create safety. It was through fighting. It was through violence. It was through acts of power. And they're still trying to create safety. It may not look like the safety that the people who are protesting want to get. But it's their version of safety. So I'm not giving a pass to everybody and just saying you could do whatever the fuck you want. But I want to give context to you that we're all pretty much walking around as traumatized children. who are all trying to get to the same goal in a lot of different ways because people evolve and experience life and reality really differently. And that shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. You know, like one person looks out in the world and they see providence and they see purpose and they see uh, serendipity. Another person just sees hell and hardship and, you know, whatever it might be. It's like, well, who's right? It's the, They seem to be looking at the same reality, but their perception of it is completely different. And this actually shows you the gift of reality is how malleable it really is. It didn't take much except for a new, few news stories to break and the whole world shut itself down. We did that. Matt, we folded reality through our consciousness into a completely different world in a matter of months, a world that most of us don't recognize and scares the living shit out of us. Because it, it was that line, it's like better to better the devil you know, or whatever that line is, right? It's like, we don't know this devil. So it's like, can we go back to the devil that we know, even though that world was careening off a cliff and probably heading towards... You know a fireball ending for all of us okay so cool like that's where that was probably heading and yet things are changing and they look sometimes disturbing or at least the news probably makes it look way more disturbing than it is the news the the media has a way of taking things singular actions and making it seem like the action is happening everywhere where it's Mm -hmm. probably only happening to a few and then we've gotten into this place where it's like everything that's happening we all need to be reacting to. Governments need to be reacting to instantaneously without any thought, without anything. We all want to know what you think right now. Give us the answer. And then it's like, and then it's this fight. of What was the right answer? What was the right, like all that. And it's like, we don't live in a time anymore where you can sit and just be like, you know what? I need a moment to sit with that and actually feel into what that is for me. And it might be that I don't know the answer. Like, I don't know the answer right now for what's happening in this world. I know, or I feel, let me say I feel because I don't know, that changing a law is not gonna change the state in which people live in, because that's more of a conception of conditioning that people live inside of. That's inside both white, black, yellow, name of color, our mind and our heart, and what we've been shown for a lifetime that we all live with certain biases that we can't seem to control because they're unconscious and subconscious biases. And then we're judging each other based on those. And we think, okay, well, we'll change the law. Fine. If we, people want to change the law, change the law. Sorry, if you can hear the dogs, hopefully not. No, you're good. Uh, the software is working then. Um, you know, and, and that's what I'm saying. Like what I'm talking about here in terms of energy is the beginning of a type of technology that, Will lead that I'm saying, I'm telling you, leads to people living in more well being, people naturally living in a foundation of safety, not because the conditions meet it, because they feel safe and more inclusive and more compassion and more safety and more connection and more love. When that is the foundation of a human being, these laws become irrelevant Mm -hmm. because right now these laws are a way of trying to manage people's consciousness to act in a different way that they don't know how to act. Does that make sense? Yeah. And that might be hard to hear. And I'm not saying don't change the laws, change the laws. The laws need to be changed. The system needs to be changed. This is clear. We have evidence of what this system and these laws do right. and how people grow up in this. But I, I imagine if you went to your average black person, and on their list of 100 things that scare the living shit out of them and they want change, while police brutality may be one of them, it probably does not make the top 10.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's probably like economic inequality, uh, opportunities in education, opportunities in the workplace, uh, parents being at home with their children. <laughs> it's a huge one across the board for every race on this planet right now. Like We don't stay home with our children anymore. Children learn that they're not safe. Then they grow up believing that the world is not safe and they act that out. That's why we have violence. That's what happens when you don't feel safe. So, you know, it feels like our, our attention is being directed. It needs to start somewhere. And I'm, a, I'm a totally fine with that because it does feel like a purging is occurring, like collectively. And I would say that, like, we're systematically probably not really looking at what matters or what would make long term changes that really impact people's lives happen.
2: Yeah, that's interesting also because I noticed that I kind of swing into a state of like recognizing that this is a collective like purging of seeing the shadow and and then I sit with it and I am present, I'm feeling through it, but then I feel like I should be doing something and then, you know, you'll see me on my Instagram talking about it and then um, also... I get frustrated when someone doesn't recognize the perspective I have, which is different because it, it, it does bring in the aspect of the, the unseen, the immaterial. Um, but it's just interesting because I think at the core, that's really, that's what it is, is everyone is freaking out and we're all scared children. And the way in which we're, you know, like you mentioned that book, Attachment, those three attachment styles, it's kind of like we all have our ways of dealing with this. Um yeah that's very interesting and would you in my opinion I feel like as technology evolves uh we are going to start moving even more away from the organic or the spiritual aspect and do you feel that or do you think that I I have a bit of a extreme perspective of that
1: or no I think you have a common view but but I think what what most people say spiritual they probably mean religious, um or atheistic or, or atheistic with spiritual preconceptions of some kind. You know the 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 stuff I'm talking about here is non-dogmatic. I this relationship with God. Yeah, go ahead. Please. I'm sorry.
2: I was gonna say like as I mentioned earlier, like the concept of ancestral knowledge. I feel like that's that's kind of where I'm coming from when I say spirit.
1: Yeah, totally. Look, I mean, uh, uh, real quick, like, go just to go back to, you know, what's happening right now with, with the black community. I'm not the right person to give that opinion. I don't live in that pain. And I haven't thought about solutions for that. Mm-hmm. And, and when this happened, it was everyone, like, suddenly needed to know the answer. Or when COVID-19 happened, everyone suddenly had become a, 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 vi- a virology scientist overnight and, like, give their opinion on that. It's like, if you haven't spent your life or invested your time, money, sweat and blood, investing at looking at that thing, why the fuck are you giving your opinion on it? I'm the wrong person to give an opinion on how black people should pursue their freedom. I don't live in that world. Like I'm an immigrant. I'm a Jewish immigrant. If you know anything about Jewish history has not been an easy one. I, my mom's family is decimated. Her and her mom are the last two in her lineage because of the Holocaust. Like, we know those hardships. Like if ironically black people and Jews have a lot in common, right, in terms of, of how history has, has treated them. I've had to give up a lot of that identity. Doesn't mean I've had to get, and I've worked through the pain because me joining in the pain of that society and I'm not saying I'm not this is not an invitation if you're hurting to oh, get get over it. You are where you are about it. It has taken me surmountable effort to get to these these things that i'm saying and i would not push them on anybody because I, I know what it's taken me to even say the things that i'm saying right now which a few years ago would have seemed fucking crazy to me but that that's where i'm that's that's my point of view and if you don't agree you really are welcome to your point of view i understand that you're trying to create safety so uh i kind of lost the, the thread of what you asked me or, or what you had uh recounted i just want to say like we're in a very 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 oh yeah about just like everyone chiming in on it like i didn't say much when it happened and a lot of people i know that have platforms and didn't say anything were like butchered for it you know like they were and i and i get and i understand where that's coming from it's like say something please say something you know like we're hurting and i'm and, yeah sorry i get interested to pause because that makes me sad that people are in that much pain yeah, I got that definitely. Yeah, I, I I was like, I'm not the right representative for this. I can tell you guys what I know about spirituality, and what I know about people, what I know about people is universal, mm-hmm. black or white. It's all the same inside, right? Like a, a skin color is an amalgamation on our planet based on what longitude your family grew up in. <laughs> That's it. The rest of it is the same. Why why white culture became the dominant culture on our planet? I couldn't tell you. And I'm sure that history may or may not be hidden from us. I might look like a white man, but I didn't grow up in a white culture. I mean, like in, in the traditional sense, you know, I grew up as a poor immigrant. I've been through those hardships. And I, I'll still say, though, like, I know that I don't I haven't been faced with the challenges that the black community has been faced with in my lifetime. I have no idea what that's about. So. I'm here, But here's what I know. I can sit. You would ask me about God and my experience of reality today. I could sit and explore fields of energy like entire fields of energy on our planet. I am and where I am right now, my evolution as a human being better suited to sit home in meditation to serve the whole through that space than I am with a bullhorn in my hand on the street corner. Yeah. And there's people who are better with the bullhorn in, in their hand in the street corner to change the minds and hearts and energies of people through their words an oral articulation of what's happening that for that person will make them take at least that next step towards that more inclusive consciousness. And that's what they need to be doing. And trust me, the way that I see the field now, it's all divinely orchestrated. And if whether you end up in the streets or whether you're the person at home, whether you're in fear or whether you're in elation, it's exactly where you need to be for this incredibly complex and beautiful process of evolution to occur. Yeah. That's what I believe.
2: Yeah, definitely that's cool because I think a lot of, a lot of times I, I personally, I didn't protest. Um, I didn't, I just didn't feel it. Um, yeah. and that, but I had guilt cause you know, my friends were like, oh, we're going or we're doing this. And I'm like, should I, but just, I don't feel that, um, how I, how I worked through my, my emotions about the situation was through writing. Um, mm-hmm. and just like, trying like being alone. And then I felt like maybe it was, I was avoiding. So it's interesting that I do believe some people just being and meditating offer more than going outside and kind of moving into an avatar that is expected of them. So I I just, I think it's really cool.
1: I try to imagine the Buddha like out there with a sign. (laughs) Uh, like do you think that that's how he would have better served or if him just like sitting at home meditating and like working in the fields would have been the best way for him to serve the collective at that point in time or jesus or anything else like that like jesus is not going to go out there at the picket sign you know like wouldn't fucking make sense um so just to kind of like go back to I, i remember you said like you know do you feel like we're moving away from spirituality i think it's just shifting yeah i think the focus is shifting and i think we'll be surprised like uh i am not nostradamus However, for many, many years, I've been saying and I'm on countless podcasts and interviews saying this. I'm like, wait till 2020 gets here. Shit's going to get crazy. And I said, I don't know. I'm like, there's going to be. An, I said, again, I have an, a, an interview from October where I told this on a guy. I'm like, just wait till 2020 happens. I'm like, an event is coming. I don't know why I knew this, but like it was reaffirmed through different experiences and plant medicine, and stuff like this. And it it was the sense of like a unifying event would happen. I did. And I said, I used to say exactly this. I don't know if it's government's collapsing. I don't know if it's a spiritual awakening event or literally the entire planet just farting at one time. Mm -hmm. I'm like, but I'm like, but something will happen when all of humanity is experiencing something at one time. And it might seem like we're well into all this coronavirus stuff. And like, we're not. We're at the starting block. Yeah. yeah, we are starting blocks of something completely shifting on planet Earth in such a profound way that five years from now, we're going to be looking back on like, can you believe it? Yeah. So who would have thought that like industries like the oil industry?
2: Oh, at yeah. Their knees,
1: yeah. Insurance companies at their knees, like, you know, all these things, you know, like gold standards of industry in America are slipping away by the day. Things that were. Inconceivable, like, yeah, let's I wonder how the oil industry is gonna go away. Like inconceivable back in January, and yet here we are. So when I hear like, well, are we moving farther away from spirituality? Maybe right now. And I think there is a natural evolution towards it anyway. So that it is it is within like the tapestry of our history that these events will occur to keep moving us back towards it. Um there's a really powerful channel called Paul Selig that I love. He's got a series of like twelve books. Yeah. Love him. Yeah. We actually had him on our podcast, um, like last year at some point, love him, uh, Dora. And uh, like, I literally have his his next book on my calendar to pre-order cause it's, it's coming out in August and he, uh, in his last book towards the end of it, he says, y- you guys think that you're claiming the Christ consciousness. And when I say Christ, I mean, separate from Jesus. I just mean like this, this frequency of the enlightened mind. Um, and Jesus was an archetype and a representation of that Christ consciousness. So it's like you guys think you're claiming the Christ consciousness. He goes the Christ consciousness is claiming you. Well, yeah. Yeah. It's coming. You like it or you don't like it. And it's like so uh, you know, at some level you have to think like, well, what did you think this was going to look like? Was it was going to be like this easy transition or oh, we've been we've been in the mud clawing our way out for 25,000 years. Yeah. And I could tell you like when you do um, like plant medicine work, like ayahuasca and you drink it the first time and then you see an individual or yourself is getting quote unquote sick, what shamans call getting well (laughs) (laughs) because you're like, you're like, Oh fuck, I'm so, you know, like it is liquefying things in your belly and it is making you feel nausea and things in your body that you've never felt before. And then you go out and you make this guttural ancient sound as this black liquid is coming out of you and you watch somebody else do it. The first time you see somebody else do it, you're like, no, thank you. Right. And then you walk over and you're like, are you okay? They're like, I'm having the best time of my life because it's not, it's beyond physical. It is like they have had something running through their veins, like alcohol or hatred. And it's, it's living inside of you. It's in your fascia. It's in your tissue. It's in your cells. And it takes something like that to, to, pull it out and then bring it out. And when it comes out, you are like instantaneously healed in that moment. So it's not a purge, but when you just watch it from ordinary mind, you're like, fuck, that's disgusting. But when you're in spiritual alignment, you see the energy and you're like, whoa, look at that flower blooming. It's like that big of a difference. So now it's like, that's exactly what I feel like is happening at the collective level. We're watching this upheaval, this energy just like, Oh, God, it's so gross. Yeah, child sex rings and like all these things that were the underbelly of society, things that could hide before. It's like the light, there's too much light. It mm-hmm. can't hide anymore. But when we shine the light on it, we have to fucking look at it too. Mm-hmm. And that's uncomfortable. But it means it's coming to the light and it's getting seen so it can be cleansed finally. Yeah. And I think that's the opportunity of the moment. I really do. I just
2: got chills. Like, I think you, you really, I think you're onto something on with that. And I I have moments where I can see that. But then again, it's like, even, even with myself, I feel like I can see the old Jamila and the new one kind of going, like, you know, when um, Spider-Man gets the black suit and he's like trying to rip it off. Like, I feel like, I feel literally like that. And it's like, I'll, I have three days where I'm like moving into surrendering into what is and then there's other days where i'm like nope and then there's other days where i'm like let's go pull it off i think you know if you think of as above so below that whole like connection what i'm feeling in my own way is being experienced collectively and it's it's true you know all that stuff's coming to light we're all it's a black puke
1: yeah it's beautiful yeah (laughs) um yeah
2: we're getting what. (laughs) <laughs>
1: um, but I get it. Right. So here's the thing. Like what if you started that it wasn't wrong to toggle between those two?
2: I think I would feel a lot better about yeah. this. Process. So
1: always start with, for everyone who's listening, always start with where you are permission, what you're in right now. If you're feeling deep fear, then start permissioning the fear. Notice that it's not the fear that's actually the bother. It's that there's something that's trying to manage to make the fear go away. And that's where all the energy and the stress and the overwhelm is going. But if we just sat together, and I'm not saying like go deep into the fear and be like, ah, I'm, afraid. I'm not saying because that is merging with the fear. And that's why we're not trained. We merge with these parts. We merge with our emotion. We merge with society. We merge with these situations. And when we merge, we talk from the parts that are that we've conditioned ourselves to deal with that to try to create safety. The training that we offer is how to unmerge. And then go into the experience. So you can let fear arise through the system while you're unmerged from the fear. And then you can experience the fear, and you might shake, you might cry, you might do all the things and emote in ways that you never thought possible. I work today with people that I'm telling you, when I walk into rooms, it looks like fucking Hogwarts in there. (laughs) It does, because their level of awareness with energy is so high that they can move the hand like this, and the whole body just starts animating like crazy. Mm -hmm. And this. And this is not like where you see on TV and they're speaking in tongues and doing all that kind of crazy shit. There's actually an aspect of truth to what those people are doing, but Mm -hmm. most people are just probably acting it out. And Mm -hmm. again, maybe maybe I'm not. Maybe I've just never been in those environments to find out that that guy can put up his hand and make that person speak in tongues. I've seen that Mm -hmm. and seen the, the authenticity of that. And it's not the tongues that are important. It's a form of energy that's being released and there are languages that we don't know like light languages and and alien languages and angelic realms and all sorts of frequencies that most of us are not attuned to that when harnessed do incredible things to the human body including heal it and make it look like a fish that's on the ground flopping around and all this crazy shit that you see when you're on plant medicine and again with people who really work with energy well so i could tell you that i'm in a fortunate position to be riding an early preview wave of what's coming for humanity, and I'm at like the foothill of that wave. I'm like a little baby, like hi, hey, help me, you know, like I, I, and 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 I, and you could probably tell, hopefully, from what I'm bringing through here, and my level of wisdom and direct experience with it. I'm not talking about it. I'm talking about it because I'm experiencing. I didn't read it in a book. I'm living it. That. There's probably a bit of a shift, especially if you start tracking my system, even if you don't know what the fuck that means, you'll be like, whoa, this feels different. This is not something, even if you heard the words I'm using before, it may feel different to you. There would be a subtle change in how it feels to you to listen to my words versus somebody else who's just written a book or no psychology, I promise you, if you really tune in, like, you said, I don't feel the same, right? It's yeah. And I'm saying some of the same things I used to say, but it doesn't feel the same anymore. And it's a subtle, it's a subtle, but important thing. And this subtle, this world that I'm talking about is a subtle world. The world that most of us are dealing with is the very physical, dense world. And this thing and this anguish that we're dealing with, it feels dense because, and again, I want you to imagine as, so you said as above, so is below, true. However, as we go down, The levels to subatomic we're already starting to notice this the rules change at the quantum level at the quantum level things about gravity um all sorts of formulas that we have scientifically they don't apply there relativity they don't apply there it's a a completely different world and and that's the micro that's where it sources reality and the reality shows up out of that so This energy that I'm talking about is not this macro. It is the micro. It is the subtle energy Mm. in the body. And it's a subtle, the subtle, that's what I'm saying, it's glimpse practice. Oh, I just felt that little thing. That's enough. I just felt that little thing. That's enough. It's these little subtle things that when accumulated will make the macro completely arise in a new and enlightened way. And it, it is happening. Honestly, here's the funny part. None of us actually have to do anything. Yeah. We just have to keep tuning in. And if you want to accelerate the path, so to speak, that probably means that you have a precondition or a part of your evolution that's ready to hear that so that you're like, oh, I'm looking, I'm looking. I don't know what I'm looking for, but I know I'm looking and it will find you because it's time to find you. Mm -hmm. And then there's people who are very much still in the mud and it may be a few lifetimes before that energy is looking for this type of energy. And that's okay too.
2: It's almost like we humans don't even understand our human technology. It's like we, we think, I think I know who Jamila is, but like I don't know, I don't have a clue. You know, I have just this amalgam of ideas of who I am. But at the end of it, it's not at all what it is.
1: Yeah, I, 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 that has a lot of truth for me too. Um, part of that I feel is like the moment we're born, where most of us are born into bright white lights and are slapped into existence by a man in a white coat.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And I don't care what you say. And then we take boys and we manipulate the genitalia and, and you may not remember those things, but your body does. And that will create a type of programming and belief around you. Like we have an 18 month old at home now. And, you know, we recognize that even though the baby's in the belly, the, the is being preconditioned through DNA. We already know this. Uh, um, what's it called? Um, sorry, the word escapes me right now, but it's basically like the terminology that says like the mother's passing down her DNA and down regulating or upregulating certain things. So if the, if the mother during birth is experiencing a world that's not safe, then that programming needs to come down to the baby. So the baby can prepare itself to become a a person that deals with an unsafe world. Does that make sense? Yeah. And and vice versa. So if the mother is very relaxed and loving and nurturing, then the baby comes out with this natural preconception that the world is loving and safe and caring and will have a type of psychology from that too. So it's like, it starts that young. And and again, that's why like going to psychology and again, everything's perfect. Like everyone chose their rides exactly the way that they are. That's what I believe. Um, Even if they're really hard rides, um, but everything's kind of, Yeah, it it starts. That's why you go to psychology and it's like, okay, so what if you recognize that your parents did that to you? How does that fucking help you with sensations in your body next time they occur? You're like, well, my mom did that to me, so I shouldn't be feeling this way. It's like, you're already fucking feeling that way. By the time you've had that thought, that's already been charging up in your system for a long time, right? So it doesn't matter how many books you read or how many classes you take at this point in time. All you're doing is just giving the managers more information to work with and then continuing to manage yourself. But it doesn't help you find those parts. So you, you mentioned that, uh, you know, like I can only think of sparse moments in my life where I have uh, felt like my authentic self because the conditioning starts so early. None of us even got a chance to taste authenticity. You, you get it? Like it's literally like right away. It's why my wife and I did a home birth. It's like why we did all those things, not because and people look at you like you're a fucking crazy person when you tell them you're doing a home birth or you're not gonna do that to your child. What do you mean? It's like, well, that's all social programming. You like we millions of years, women didn't need a man in a white lab coat to slap your baby into existence or shoot him up with things the moment they came out. Like, guess what? Evolution's done a pretty dandy good job over a few million years figuring out how to let us survive on this thing we call Earth. So maybe we want to trust in that a little bit more. And 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 when we start talking about like gun violence and things are happening, it's like, yeah, that's why it's happening. We have a system right now where a mother is ripped away from her child after three months. I could tell you now being a dad, that's the fucking craziest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Like A mother not being with her child for at least the first two years, day in and day out, to let that child know that it's cared for it and it's loved for. It. Even from what I know about human development, that goes against everything. In terms of letting that child know that they are cared for and safe. You rip the data out of the home. You do all these things and you wonder why these communities show up this way, why kids go to school with weapons. Like, I'm like, no fucking duh. Mm-hmm. I I can tell you, show me, show me the person, show me, show me their history. I'd be like, that person, that person, that person, they're likely to do those kind of things. It's pretty fucking obvious. So, you know, we're talking about a root like root up systemic shift that gets to happen now the reality is i think that that could almost be like in a flash in time Mm -hmm. i don't think that that needs to like our world is so mystical in like the most fun and playful way and we think we know everything about it and how this physical reality works we know fuck all and i do believe that events could occur that will be like a splash in the tank and we're just all like Whoa, what the hell was that? And suddenly like things change. Cause I see in our practice, how just a few days of an energetic realignment completely shifts how people live. It's mm-hmm. like, it's really, really fast. And it's not because they're like, Oh, I understand now. It's not that at all. It's a feeling in the body.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
2: It's interesting too. Cause like, you know, having reconnected after three to four years, like I said, you look different. You're you're different, but you're not, you know what I mean? So um, my question is, is, I, I'm sure you don't really have a goal. I know when you you and your brother were initially starting out, you had that mission statement. Do yeah. you do you still kind of hold to that? Or do you not hold? I would imagine now it's not really going to be communicated like that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think when you knew us, we were definitely a lot more in our masculine energy. Mm-hmm. And what does that mean? Especially when it's distorted. It's like uh, power, even if it's a spiritual power. Or So our thing used to be like 100 million people's lives transformed. Right now, I'm like, if that happens, great, and I'm in alignment with that. At that time, was I in a place in my life where that was possible? I wasn't. I'm uh, I deal with fear of the mob mm. in my system. Like you said, I you uh, uh, door slams and you feel that way. I that's for me is a groupthink, terrorized like terror in my system when I see groupthink. has always been that way, and uh, as I've gotten like past lives reading again ayahuasca experiences, um what is sometimes difficult for me to talk about um so i'm gonna disconnect a little bit from it because when i do i often cry when i talk about it is like uh, i experience a lot of brutality in my system an awful lot of violence i've been killed in a lot. what feels like i've been killed over a lot of lifetimes for sharing things like this Mm -hmm. like what i'm sharing right here i've done this many times before and um these even these last few months The amount of dreams, sessions I've had, things like that where it's just been like extreme violence in my perceptions. I get flashes of things. I go have dreams again. Like I can actually feel physical objects being pushed through my body. Um, It's all stuff that's being worked out of my system so that I can feel safer to deliver messages like this in this lifetime where those um, things are unlikely to happen to me but I'm living my life as if they're about to happen to me. I have been for a long time. So like um, getting attention from a lot of people has never made my system feel safe, mm-hmm. which would tell you if you're trying to transform a hundred million people's lives and a lot of people are putting their energy or attention on you, it's going to terrorize your system. I would have, I would have gotten into like a physical breakdown if that would have happened back then. Mm-hmm. So I'm much more aware now of like, Hey, I don't have to push for that. If that occurs, that's in alignment with my life. If it doesn't, that's fine too uh b as i continue to move towards that edge with my own choices there are practices that i put in place so that i can work some of those edges for my system because it's been so prevalent in my lifetime uh in this lifetime for me um and again that might sound totally fucking insane and sometimes when i say it does but i think we all have that and there's just been so much brutality in humanity for such a long time i'm not alone in this like we've all experienced this. We've all, we've all been the murderer and we've all been murdered. We've all been the rapist and we've all been the person raped, you know, and we've lived so many times in my belief that it's like, it's inevitable. So a lot of times when people are dealing with things, it is not of this lifetime, Mm -hmm. but your soul remembers. And those, and those energy signatures carry with you to a lifetime where you're ready to release them. And I seem to be in that lifetime where a lot is clearing in this lifetime from a lot of these karmic things. So, um, you know, I've known about this kind of like in a distance and then suddenly it's been coming in very large waves. And I think it's just because my system is primed to release it finally.
2: Yeah. That's interesting because I feel actually my dad first mentioned Dolores Cannon. And then after finding out about her passing, I started digging into learning about past life regression. And when I was in Thailand, right when I took your course, I met this woman who like looked at me and like, I felt like she saw through me and she literally like you carry the fire of your past lives with you you need to let it go and i just literally like i'm i could cry right now um so i i do i do believe
1: that yeah so just so you know if you're gonna look i'll give you a meditation at the end of this so you can kind of get a taste of what i'm talking about right at the base of the heart into the solar plexus it was like hot lava started moving down (laughs) there's like a especially like i can maybe can't see like right here Uh in your system is this heat that's right now and that's what she's talking about so the heart is like fire and it carries both the masculine and feminine signature um and again it's like anything else distorted but if you think about you have three chakras down three chakras up these are the masculine chakras feminine chakras and then this is literally a gateway that opens and closes like a bridge that passes energy between them so when this is collapsing
2: yeah
1: energy Stuck. That's why people got a ton of pressure on their solar plexus. Their throat is often closing or their creativity is offline. And again, different people are organized differently. Some people's gifts are online in one area, total distortions everywhere else, or vice versa, right? Stuff like this. So, like, I have a lot of fire distortion. Mm-hmm. That's just been the story of my life, like, super quick to, you know, quick to anger, uh, discharge anger, and in, in what has always felt like very unhealthy ways. Um, and I've tried to manage that through personal development, psychology for two decades. And, and while it may have assisted the sensations I was feeling in my body never stopped. Right. And what has happened over the last few years is the first time that I'm like truly becoming liberated from that stuff.
2: Yeah. I have, uh, two more questions for you. Um, the first question is do emotions that you feel, um, act as indicators? Like I happen to be a crier. So like, if I'm really happy, or if I'm um, sad or anxious or overwhelmed, or if I see something or experience something that's beautiful or heartbreaking, I just I cry about everything. Um, is that can that act as an indicator for me? Or, you know, kind of like the person that drinks or the person that cuts, maybe sure. an external aspect, but I'm a crier.
1: So let's start with the first part is we've been told not to cry. And crying is a healthy discharge from the body Mm -hmm. for energy to move and liberate itself. So it's actually very healthy. I would imagine for you, let me just check real quick. So what I'm I'm doing, since no one's watching and since you're wondering what the fuck I'm doing, uh, is I'm just feeling into your system. So I can get a little bit of information. So you tell me if this is true, Um, like you deeply, like you are an empath, you deeply feel what other people are feeling. Are you, are you like really mushy, like to be cuddled?
2: Um, It depends if I feel safe, then actually I have, like I swing in and out of it. Like I, my, my mom wasn't too affectionate growing up. So I like kind of resist it.
1: Yeah. And you, but you also have a lot of fire in your system. Mm Hmm. Yeah. So the fire probably protects the mushy part, Mm. but there's a mushy part that when it feels safe and the fire doesn't have to protect from the mushy part gets really mushy. So Mm -hmm. like the gift gift there, right. Is that you can like deeply feel other people's stuff, but you often merge into their systems and then you are doing the processing for other people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And are you like a person that's like, um, are you, are you influential with your friends? Like highly influential?
2: I think so. Yeah. I get, I get that kind of feedback.
1: Yeah. So we have what's called like, um, again, and just the practices that I'm in, it's like a water distortion and a tree distortion. They work together. So if you're like really watery, you're going to like mush into everything and merge into everything. It's just like how you operate. And then if that didn't work for you as a child, then you went into like a tree distortion. And that's like, you just started taking care of everybody. Like I was in a deep tree distortion. Our company is built on a tree distortion. It's like, Oh, well, save everybody, save the world. Right. It's like, and in that place, you become uh, very service oriented, but at um, you stop looking at your own needs completely. It's like your own needs don't even matter. I do that. And you that just start, yeah. So yeah, I, that's what I, I felt about you. You're probably more in the tree. So now you're like you're super service oriented, but there's this like feeling inside of like never getting enough because you're never getting something. It's like you're never getting something in return. And even though you like to believe that you're doing everything out of altru- altruistic things, like. There's this weird expectation in your system that's like, when do I get mine? Mm. When is somebody going to come get me? But what you've done is you've turned away from your own needs. And I think that's where you get into this challenge like maybe where you're at right now. It's like there's this feeling that's arising about maybe moving out of New York City or like, you know, changing something like there's a need there. But when you've been trained to turn away from your needs, it would seem like that's not important or even a difficult decision to make because it's like, that's my needs. And then it's like, well, what about them? What about my friends? What about my family? It's like, not even your needs are in consideration. It's everyone else's needs are in consideration where, and then there's like, you know, that's now enacting and, and kind of looping in the system. Mm-hmm. So there might be an opportunity for you there, right? Like you may want to sit and it may be difficult, like really difficult. I'm not joking. Cause the mind is not looking for this is like to sit down and write down, like, what are my needs? You may need to start with looking up the definition of needs. You might not actually know what that is. It may be that basic, but that would be the beginning of like this retraining of like, my needs are important. Not just important priority. It's like, you cannot nourish others until you're fully nourished. People who are doing this distortion are giving from an empty cup. Yeah, They're not filling theirs up first, then giving from the overflow. That's the difference between the company then and the company. Now (sighs) we were doing exactly the same thing. We were giving from an empty cup. Now it's like, Hey, if I can to take five weeks off to nourish myself, done. But when then I come, and by the way, this is really my, I've taken done two activities today that are like me being back at a sabbatical. And this is the second one. <laughs> so like this is my first day doing really anything outside of just like sitting around meditating. Um, so it's cool that we're here, but maybe that's also what feels different. It's like my cup is full right now and I can give from that full cup. I don't feel drained and I got to get on here and do this interview or whatever it is like I'm lovingly here and happy to share and you know however long it takes it takes
2: yeah that's really cool I definitely resonate with what you said because I do feel like as much as I think that I'm operating from a full cup I'm I'm not just just in what you just brought up just then Um, and I'm seeing how it's creating like kind of this false force in my life so like I'm getting results, but they're not at all um, it's like I'm creating my own resistance kind of, yeah, that's really, really interesting.
1: You will run yourself ragged with that one. Yeah. Until you prioritize you first and look from the lens of what's good for me and how would it nourish me instead of taking everything else and everyone else in your whole life into this like macro view, like how it's going to affect everybody. And then there's too much pressure to do anything because it's like, well, no matter what you do, it's going to affect somebody.
2: Right.
1: Right. You know, like I moved to California seven years ago that deeply affected the community that I was in and continues to, cause I'm not there, including my family. Mm. Um, that's not always an easy thing for me to sit with. And yet there's nothing in my body that says not to be here. Like I'm, I wish my family was here and they're on their own journey right now. And it's harder. It's even harder when you have a child to have them far, be farther away. Um, nonetheless, like it, every time I check in, like should I be moving back east? It's fucking hard. No, hard. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm.
2: So my question is because I definitely want to talk to you after this about exploring this because I feel like. Like if you look at, I've got a stack of books on the floor. I've got books all over the place. I've, I've taken courses. I've gone to seminars. I've done all these things. Um, admittedly, I don't really have a consistent meditation practice, but I do deeply resonate with what you're talking about. Um, and hopefully people listening do as well. So uh, my question is, first off, uh, where, like, how can we get a session? What does that look like? Um, what are those steps?
1: Yeah. Um, so all that's being reinvented now, because like I said, the structures that we've had up until now were built with a different type of energy and we want to really build from this new energy. Um, so a few things you can go to storyprime.com, uh, forward slash meditate and just opt in and go get two different kinds of meditation. There's a 30 minute and a 15 minute. The 30 minute is an active healing meditation. Like you were going to be like, what in the fucking fuck is going on? It's going to feel like I'm in a room with you. You're not going to understand how, you know, my energy is there or how it is that I'm doing the things that I'm doing, but whether things are recorded or not, this is capturing a certain frequency. I am transmitting a frequency right now at the subtle frequency level I can do it. I can amplify it through intention, or it's just kind of just re- streaming through my system because that's just the frequency my s- my, s- my system runs, just like yours, right? Like you're broadcasting a signal that I'm picking up on, and I've trained myself to be able to notice that signal, just like the Matrix input output signals, just like radios or anything else that we invent. You know, these are mirrors of ourselves. Mm-hmm. All these are, all these tools, right? So, input output signals, and so that that tr- that will begin at least the process of showing you how to use your awareness in a way that allows for energy to liberate from your body. We've had people send us extraordinary experiences after they do this. I mean, like they're like, how did you do this to me? I'm like, I didn't do shit, because I don't do healing. I'm not a healer, nobody's a healer. What we can do is create a container for healing to occur in, and God's doing that shit. I ain't ain't touching that. I'm not smart enough to heal you. Um, And then the 15 minute one is more for just like creating alignment. Now I could tell you like anything else you are priming the system and you guys remember those like, well, Mm -hmm. most of us don't remember, but like, you know, the water pump back in the day. I I don't remember. I never used one, but like, here's what I know about those. You got to like pump real hard. And then once the water comes, you can do it with like a finger, Mm -hmm. right? But it's that initial movement that, that takes the most amount of energy. Meditation is the same. And how long that prime needs to be pumped for you is I don't know. Here's what I do know. If you don't have a daily meditation practice, I'm not making you wrong. I'm just telling you you're you're in for a, a much harder battle. Um, and and again, these are not meditations like oh, let me quiet my mind. That's nice when the mind's quiet, very peaceful. Not necessarily doing much though, mm-hmm. right? Just man, it's like a manager kind of thing that's happening there. So like my mind sometimes doesn't need to be quiet at all while I'm doing this. It could be chatting about all sorts of stuff it is pretty quiet these days, but nonetheless, like, it's okay if it chats and it not make it wrong when it does. Um, and then, um, again, funny that we're meeting now, like where, where, we're what's, so the masterclass has still been in existence this whole time and kind of the way that you went through it. And we're, we have a class in there now, and it's going to be the last class that ever goes through this legacy masterclass. But Elon and I, or I so, say, and Elon and I are going to know, this is the first time I'm, even mentioning it publicly, are going to start enrolling into a new masterclass that him and I are going to teach one time only to basically bring a group of people to start building fields in coherence together to allow for very accelerated healing to occur. And then that will become the new, we don't know what we'll call it yet, but let's say the new masterclass that uh, we want to create a community around that as people go through it, they will go through it twice, first time as a student and second time as a mentor. To start creating this uh, cyclical thing of because mentorship is as important as being educated in it is really working with others in the energetic space so that you can recognize your capacity as a human being, which is far beyond what you've been told it is. Um, And then we are in a mystery school for the last. um, Well, the guy I've been learning with has been for three years, and then he advised me to start working with this mystery school that I've been with since November. And that is just like taking my education to a completely different level. And it's sad that this has to be taught in a mystery school and not in like every school. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm in that program for two years with really what looks like wizards and witches and and witches are healers. So I'm using it in the old way, not the way that people think about it today. Um, And so like our, our education is very, very rapidly moving into like in that space and our interest is in just bringing through that stuff to our community as often as possible. So yeah, things are changing rapidly and then have what that looks like from there. I don't know yet. We're, we're sitting and we're waiting to find out.
2: That's very cool. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, um, a, like candles, you know, I grew up Greek Orthodox and there's one ceremony where you turn off all the lights and then the priest kind of lights one candle and then everybody lights together. The whole church gets lit up. It's one of my favorite mm-hmm. services. Um, it kind of reminds me of that, you know, it's like passing your energy, your power, and also creating a higher resonance. And I personally, I'm going to need to talk to you after this. Um, are you on? Crystal social? Clear.
1: No, no, no. I said, no, I said crystal clear about that. I, I, I do not like, I believe like how many coincidences do, does one person need to see before they stop believing in coincidences? Yeah, That's what, you know, there, there's no such thing as coincidence. There's just uh, things being put in your path and then you can either divert or you'd be like, Oh, that's an opportunity. Oh, that's an opportunity. It's all an opportunity. Even the really uncomfortable shit. Like right now it's all an opportunity. Like I have been, I I don't do the hashtag bless thing because that's become very cheesy. Uh, let's say cocooned from what has happened here, I gave up <laughs> it, all my worldly belongings pretty much at the beginning of COVID, including expensive sport cars and beachfront properties and stuff like that. Because I was like, oh, opportunity. I'm going to let this all go and I'm going to reset. I didn't even know that that's what I was doing, but I was like being called to just like letting go of shit. I had no idea why. And then all this stuff started happening. I mean, like I said, it, like money and supports are coming out of the most incredible places, like inexplicable. Like the mind cannot plan for how serendipitous life gets to be. Um. So yeah, I I don't think that there's a coincidence that we're chatting now again. Yeah. While this is all going on. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, me either. For anyone listening to you, where can they find you?
1: Just head over to satoriprime.com. Uh, no special pump over here of any specific thing S a t o r i p r i m e. ecom um there's plenty of things to check out we have a podcast with over 220 episodes um there's a webinar that honestly is probably like more speaking to their old energy but if you want to if you want to speak directly to me or my brother so my brother's my business partner and he's my i say brother not like in the euphemism way i mean he's actually my blood brother um, he's my business partner and uh, if you want to talk to us, it's it's really simple. We just do a $99 application um, and the $99 is refunded if you don't join one of our programs or we just credit it towards a program. Uh, if you do, and we do that because we value our time and people don't take things seriously unless they put some something at stake. So um, you can find that on the website, check out testimonials, whatever. And if you really need to communicate with us, I'm sure you will, you'll figure it out in your own way. <laughs> yeah.
2: It's yeah. been amazing to talk, to, uh, talk to you. Like just as I, I can't keep saying it, but you, you're really like, you've lit You're you're like a new turbo version. It's really cool.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. I like that. Thank you. Love. I really appreciate that. I, I, I feel it. And I could tell you it's the first time I can authentic authentically receive the acknowledgement as well and not contract in my system as you say that. Cause uh, before I've been like, I'm great. And I'm just be like crushing inside as somebody tells me that I'm good or great or whatever. It's like, I couldn't accept that I was good or something like that. And I think a lot of us have that. So thank you. I appreciate that very, very much.
2: All these women that pay so much for skincare, if they just do a little energy work, save a lot of money. There's not a wrinkle on your face.
1: <laughs> you don't even fucking know. Like, again, it's it, it really is an energy with tension. Like your absolutely people look younger. They look more vibrant, vivacious. Weight loss, and like, and it's not even weight loss. It's it's neutrality. Mm-hmm. Your body will go to neutrality, and it's whatever weight is neutral for you will look probably more healthy. Whether it's gaining weight or losing weight for you, um, you know, there's just when when there's a free flow of energy in the body, you do have more energy. You don't need to drink coffee to do that. Uh, you know, like you can if you want. Um, there's just so many things that start shifting around. Like, I, I still drink a little bit of alcohol. But I like really don't want it. It's a weirdest thing. Like a few years ago, I've been like, "Yeah, you're not going to want to drink alcohol." i would be like, "What are you talking about?" Mm-hmm. Now I'm like, "I I'm drink." I'm like, "Why would I even throw that crap into my body?" It it actually like it alters the frequency, and it takes me out of a state of well being, where most people are drinking to get, in a perception, of well being. You know, because there's like the euphoria that comes on, but it always comes with a tax credit on the back end, which is how shitty you feel afterwards. Yeah. Um, so. You can get into those states with practice. And uh, people say that I heard uh, Neil deGrasse deGrasse Tyson say, uh, he goes, practice doesn't make perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect. If you're practicing something, but it's conditioning you in a different way, like, for instance, if you're playing tennis or a sport and you're swinging the racket or a baseball bat or whatever, and it's not a good swing you're still conditioning that swing. And that is the swing you're going to continue using. And then somebody comes along and they're like, you got to move your finger just a little bit this way. And you hit the ball and you're like, whoa, that's completely different. And the ball goes in or to where you want it to go a lot more often. That's perfect practice. So a lot of people are just like meditating, but they're not really clear on these little glimpse practices and they're meditating and they get frustrated. So, you know, uh, at the at the very least, even if you hated everything i said today even if you're like this person has no fucking clue what they're talking about or or but something inside of you is like oh, that was interesting try the meditation try for seven days and at the end of seven days my call to action is email me and let me know how it went even if you fucking hated it tell me why and tell me what's going on for you and i'm happy to give you support like doesn't matter how big our company has gotten uh Elon and i still regularly respond to all emails personally um personal development should be personal mm-hmm. people people really matter we each one of us matters so much and if we would recognize the value of an individual human being on the energy of the collective Whew. what a world this will be yeah yeah cool
2: i'm
1: it's- looking forward to talking to you
2: Yeah, for sure. It's been amazing to talk to you today. I I literally wrote on a piece of paper like some touch points because this is really like the first time I'm having like a proper episode and all of it just went out the window. Like you just you blew my mind. So I'm I'm looking forward to connecting. I hope everybody listening resonated with it. If they if they did or didn't, I would love to know. I'm sure a guy would also be interested in learning as well. And I suppose it's about that time we wrap up. Any last mm-hmm. words that you want to share, Guy?
1: I just want to let, uh, uh, get moved by this a little bit more than I expected to. Uh, I'm slowly falling in love with humanity. So if you're listening to this, I want you to know that I'm slowly falling in love with you. And um, it doesn't matter how crazy shit gets. It really is just a view. We are manifesting our physical reality through these things that I'm talking about, which means that everything, everything from hatred and racism, from viruses, from uh, the ecological collapse of our ecosystems, everything can be reversed through the power of human intention. I really, truly believe that. And if you are interested in a different kind of activism and <laughs> a much more subtle activism, then I definitely invite you to check out some of the things that we're doing here because right now is like the time where we are looking to build a new foundation of people who are really resonating with this type of energy. And I don't think there's a coincidence that we're chatting at this exact time uh, because we are, we're looking to create something right now, even if we're not clear what that is. I know that it involves a lot of people. Um, So yeah, if you're listening to this, I want you to know that there is care for you in this world. There is love for you in this world. Things are going to change for the better. They always have and they always will. And um, I'm proud of us for getting messy and for asking really hard questions. And uh, thank you for investing your time. And if you made it this far, for listening this far. And uh, I hope we meet. I hope we do.
2: Amazing. Guy, thank you so much.